0: okay hello everyone welcome back to another episode of the point of no return so i think by now we've figured out what type of cases michelle loves what type of cases that i love and as mish likes to say i love a case with a scorn lover here we go it's been a while that's what i said i said (laughs) you This, this season, I feel like I haven't been doing like some scorn lover type type cases. Um, I, I really try my best because I love a little lover's quarrel, but um, it really keeps me on. So we're back with it today. Um, so just for you guys, so you guys know where my motivation of this probably comes from. I am a snapped fanatic. So I love the show Snapped. I love to see why the people snapped. And honestly, a lot of the times it's something that's so minute, like he was getting on my nerves and I just wanted to date somebody else. And it's like, okay, <laughs> break up with him. Why did you feel like you have to kill him, crazy girl? Um, and, um, like, I just love being in people's heads and like really figuring out why they committed the crimes that they did. Um, and so that is another, you know, tidbit about me and my, um, my journalistic path so this story is about a wife in sacramento a husband and a wife in sacramento um and the husband actually ends up going missing on september 11th, 2001. Mm. and so it's just crazy i'm like for you to be committing crimes while the hijackers are busting into the damn um twin towers you're crazy yeah yeah you're crazy And the fact of the matter is them towers got started getting broke down around nine o'clock in the morning. So in California, it was 6 AM.
1: Yeah. What (laughs) What time I want to know automatically, what time did these crimes in California happen? Maybe she was thinking today's the day everybody's going to be focused
0: on something else. Yeah. So it's a, yeah. So I, it, they're, they're already distracted. So I can commit this crime. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was like September 11th, you're sick. Um, so his body actually doesn't get discovered until 2002. Um, but leading up to this is just a lot of webs of dark lies and deceit and just crazy stuff. So let's just go ahead and tap in. I'm Amanda Washington. I'm Michelle a. Graham. The Point of No Return is a podcast that is a product of Mandy and Mitch Media, a media company formed to tell stories through, through two Black investigative journalists' points of view. And that's us. Okay? So today's crime story kind of like something that we've already um stated it doesn't start in sacramento but it lands there so um a part of this story actually begins in the state of nevada with an attorney by the name of larry mcnagney so um, larry was known to be intelligent very handsome and he was just respected amongst his colleagues in the legal field so before he met his last wife who goes by the name elisa um, Larry had actually been married four times, and out of those four marriages, he produced three children. So, kind of like some other cases that we've seen, Larry was a rolling stone a little bit. He, he was <laughs> he was juggling in between the ladies. He loved the ladies. So, even though um, you know he seemed like a stand up guy for the most part, he still had his issues, like most people do. So, um, he was known to be an alcoholic, and he went to rehab a few times. He had you know some struggles and some some problems with with his alcoholism um, to the point that even two of his ex-wives actually put out restraining orders on him um, post their marriage. So he was, you know, a little rough and tough with them, a little crazy. And then he also, at one point joined joined like a religious cult. And they said that while he was doing that, that he was just like a really peaceful guy. He wasn't drinking, but the pinnacle of his drinking really started when um, he opened up his second law office in Nevada. And they said at one point, that Larry was literally making $300,000 a month. This was in the wow. 90s. Oh. 300 bucks a month in the 90s, he was breaded. So you can only imagine yeah. how much money he had. And What he was doing with it. Yeah, and what he was doing with it. So of course he was going alcohol crazy. You can buy all the drinks you want. Mm-hmm. So his first office was actually in Reno, and then they expanded out to Las Vegas. So that is mm-hmm. where his, his um, second law office was. So now we're going to move into Elisa, who is his um, his last wife. So Elisa, mm-hmm. um was actually 17 years younger than Larry. So how old was she? So at the time when they met, she was 29 and he was 47. Okay. So so almost 18 years-ish. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she was 17 years younger than Larry. Um, she actually grew up in a small town called Brooksville Florida so she's from Florida she's not even from the west coast Mm -hmm. so um, she was very highly intelligent they said she had like an IQ of like 145 she was at the top of her class all this other stuff but she ended up getting pregnant while she was in high school and it's kind of like a lot of these cases that we see the good girl loves the bad boys. And so she Mm -hmm. ends up getting pregnant by this guy in high school and he kind of convinces her to drop out. She drops out of school. They run off together with her baby. So before her baby is even a year old, she's now 19. So I'm like, if she's 19 and the baby's not even a year old, that means, you know, she was probably very close to ending high school. So she could have just graduated, but dropped out. Yeah. So she gets married and then divorced. Um and so by age nineteen she's been married, divorced, and has a baby by the name of Haley. Okay. So her runaway, um, and not really being able to provide for her and Haley was kind of like the stepping stones of her running into the the law and committing, you know, little petty small crimes. So she actually gets caught um, stealing from a convenience store, and she was stealing a L'Oreal hair color kit. Okay. And she so she wanted to dye her hair. I guess that so, girl. So she gets put on probation for that. And okay. while on probation, she gets another boyfriend. And it was Christmas time, around the time that she had the boyfriend, um she wants to get her daughter's gifts back from him. So she breaks into his house to take the gifts. He calls the police and essentially she gets charged with, you know, burglary as well as um trespassing because that's not her why home. She, why did not she just ask for the gifts? They was beefing. They had broken up. Okay. Okay. So, she breaks in to get the stuff, and she gets caught. So, instead of her, you know, abiding by whatever type of time she had to, to do, her and Haley flee, and they go to Texas. So, she picks Texas mm-hmm. because um, Elisa really, really loves horses. So, she was like, oh, mm-hmm. everybody rides horses in Texas. We're going to move to Texas. So, they move to Texas, and she gets caught stealing again. <laughs> So I'm like, she's not not that good of a burglar at all. Kind of like the Mm Golden State Killer. Both of them are terrible burglars. So um, she gets caught stealing again. And she actually was like, okay, we're out of Texas. Now we're going to move to Las Vegas. I've always wanted to go to Vegas. We're going to move to Vegas. So with her money and all that stuff that she's accumulated over the years, they move into this really nice high-rise apartment in Vegas. However, the apartment doesn't really have anything in it. They're sleeping on a pallet because they can't afford the furniture hmm. So now we are in the year of 1995. So 1995 is when she moved to Vegas. Um, her first job that she had upon moving was actually as an office manager. So it was said that she walked into the office and was like basically demanded the job like I'm going to be great for this job. I think you should hire me. Yada, yada, yada. She even lied and said that she was going through a divorce and that she really needed a job. So the first job that she got, she got hired on the spot. The employer mm-hmm. was like wow yeah we're, we're really rocking with you we think you should come work for us so her first employer would be none other than larry mcnabney at his law firm so she became his mm-hmm. office manager
1: and never had no experience as an office an office manager assistant nothing
0: no but she's intelligent she she's, she's a she's a, a con artist so she already mm-hmm. knows how to you know get over so mm-hmm. Of course, like I said, I've already kind of laid the foundation of him making a lot of money. So he was into the finer things in life. And of course, he was older than her. He was 17 years her senior. So he really liked nice stuff. So he introduced her to like fine wines. Also, they both shared the love of, um, of horses. So... They ended up um, starting to do these quarter horse shows. So Mm -hmm. he would, he owned horses, like they would go to these shows, they would show off their horses, they would ride the horses, do all of this stuff. And so he actually began riding in competitions with the horses all up and down the state of California. Okay. So um, it seemed like their relationship was starting to look up and like things were going really, really well until they weren't. Of course, they're into the thick of it. They're really dating. They're liking each other. And there is a hiccup at Larry's job. So the hiccup is Larry.
1: I'm so sorry, I'm <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I'm done. Yep. I'm
0: done. <laughs> In December of 1995, um, Larry's company did an audit on his books and it revealed that nearly $70,000 had disappeared from a trust account he set up for one of his clients. Mm. So because of this, the Nevada bar actually revoked Larry's law license, so he wasn't able to practice law in the state of Nevada anymore. And all of the money that was stolen, he had to pay back himself. So, of course, we've already talked about one of these two being a thief early on in the story. So, who do you think stole the money? The the wifey did. Mm-hmm. So, Elisa stole all his money. Uh, well, the client's money he had to pay it back. But Larry was she a doof. She did herself. Like... N- no, he no, didn't she think did it, did. it was her. He knew it was her and he still married her anyway. Why? She had him under some kind of spell, honey. I'm like, 70 racks and you have to pay it back? Nah, that's crazy. So since he was no longer able to practice law in Nevada, um, him and Elisa actually picked up and moved to Sacramento. So by the time they made it to Sacramento, they were actually married. So they got married while they were still living in Vegas and then they moved to Sac. So in Sacramento, he was able to actually open up a, a new law firm and kind of follow his dreams again um that he had you know when he was in Vegas. So they so were
1: he, Go ahead. Sorry. He was he was barred in Nevada and California?
0: I'm assuming so. Okay. Um so of course they were still doing fancy stuff like going to the horse shows, doing wine tasting, shopping, all mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff. So once um, you know, his business really started to pick up once he got in Sacramento, they actually were able to hire a part-time legal secretary. And so mm-hmm. the part time le- I, I guess he was like, I'm not having you work at my at my shit no more though, because you a thief. So yeah, um <laughs> <laughs> they hired a, a young lady by the name of Sarah Dutra. So Sarah was my a 21 year old that was studying art at Cal State. She was cute. She was okay looking, she wasn't bad. OK, so um Alisa befriended Sarah and they became like really, really close. So Sarah basically became the third wheel of their relationship. Like she would start going to horse shows with them and just doing a lot of different, you know, familial things with them that you would think like her daughter or somebody else would be doing. So her and Alisa were seeming like they were the best of friends. And then they were like going to these horse shows with Larry and then they would ball out. And like buy hella drinks Go out and buy clothes And it will all of course be on Larry's credit card On his dime
1: (laughs) And was she um, Was she Their like third partner Or was she just Platonic friend
0: So for now it's seeming like She's just a platonic friend But I have theories about that at the end That I'll ask you about Um, So just hold on to that So One woman um, by the name of Ginger Miller that worked at the law firm actually said that Sarah and um, Elisa spent a lot of money on Gucci clothing. She said they would spend a minimum of 200 to $500 per pair of shoes. And again, this was in the early 2000s. So they, would, was, they were balling out. Yeah. You know? So she said they dress um, a lot. A lot alike um all the time to the point that when um elisa went shopping she would buy two of everything just so sarah could have it too
1: absolutely not mm. you mean elisa could have it too
0: no elisa was buying it for sarah sarah is the girl who works at the law. oh when
1: elisa would go shopping she would buy too, so two of everything sarah. Oh my God. so sarah okay. could have
0: it so um this kind of went on until the end of their marriage until their marriage concluded so on september 10th 2001 the McNabneys, which is Elisa and Larry, the couple, Um, they went to a quarter horse show in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So while they were there, Larry is thinking it's just him and his wife for the weekend. They're having a good time. And who shows up later on? Sarah. Sarah. So <laughs> at this point, Larry is pissed. He goes off. He's like, yeah, she got to go home. You know? Like, like,
1: why are you popping up here? Yes.
0: Why is she everywhere that we go? It's time for her to go. So... Of course, Sarah nor Alisa liked that. And so they took it upon themselves to go into um, Larry's horse trailer and actually get horse tranquilizer so they could poison him
1: because him. they were
0: tired of him running their lives. He's also financing your lives. <sighs> so on September 10th is when... Larry, you know, is kind of last seen, last visualized. So, um, excuse me, September 11th is. So the next day there was actually witnesses at the hotel that said they saw um, Elisa and Sarah pushing Larry in a wheelchair. And that was the last time anyone ever saw him alive. So that was on and September that- 11th.
1: Where did they get a wheelchair from?
0: It must've been in the hotel that they were staying in or wherever. But it said that they had like a visine bottle and mm-hmm. they poured the visine out and put the horse tranquilizer in the visine and they were putting mm-hmm. drops of it in his mouth while he was asleep.
1: <laughs> okay, crazy, right? All because he said he didn't want to see you, Sarah.
0: Yes, and he told and he also told Elisa to fire Sarah the next day, like he was like. Well, get back to <laughs> I'm (laughs) I'm sick of her. her. I'm I'm sick sick of seeing her.
1: her. He's probably sick of paying for her shit. And Mm -hmm. it was your fault, Alisa. Why would you but why would you why would you fuck your spot up for her? She wasn't the one giving you money.
0: I don't know. And then the one that's taking you back, the one that's forgiving you because seventy thousand dollars and you tank my whole business and I can't even practice law in a state no more because I'm disbarred. Yeah. That's that man's whole livelihood. Like you're nuts.
1: He must have had a lot of money saved up.
0: Girl, so now we are past September 11th and we're back in Sacramento. We're no longer in L.A. They made it back um, to Sacramento and his children haven't heard from him in a few days. So they pop up at the house. They're like, yeah, where my daddy at? We're trying to see him. She was like, oh, he's sick right now. He's not taking any visitors. And some people are too nice because I'm like, at this point, they were probably grown. The way we would have, like, it's three of busted us. Busted down
1: the door like,
0: yeah, I'll wait. Bruh, the way I would have pushed past her. He's sick, we can
1: take him to the hospital right now. Let me see my dad.
0: Because who are you talking to? So, um, Larry's children actually hire a private investigator to help track down their dad and to figure out what happened. But it turns up to be a dead end. Like, they don't get anything um, out of it. So, even though Larry was missing, his business was still afloat. So, nobody was seeing him. Nobody knew where he was. But it was still lawyering happening, essentially. So... (laughs) Girl and
1: why? How? Elisa
0: was negotiating with lawyers <laughs> his settlements that were left and then spending the settlement money. Which wasn't their money to keep. No. So she even went as far as to hire her 17 year old daughter so she could get some of the pot as well. Um, and so the interesting thing was Elisa's friends said that this was her friends that live in Sacramento. They said that this was the first time once Haley got hired. That they really even saw her like with with her or like they didn't even really know she had a daughter. Where else would the daughter have been? So I don't know if she was with another parent or whatever, but the kicker is Elisa also has another son that she do not take care of. That? Girl, we'll get there. So um by October of 2001, Elisa actually started telling people that Larry moved away and that he had filed for a divorce. So... <laughs>
1: okay, so for, wait, 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 wait. How did they get the body from L.A.? Are you going to get there?
0: Well, so remember, they, they took him out in a wheelchair and they just put him in the backseat of the car. So he from and they drove from L.A. to Sacramento. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so he was probably already dead,
0: right? So he was dying. Or he he was unconscious. So they gave him horse tranquilizer that night in his sleep. And then they gave him yeah. some more in the morning in his orange juice. And that was like the slow, the slow killer. So that's probably why he wasn't able to walk or anything like that. And they had to transport him in a wheelchair to the okay. car. But yeah. it was said later on in the confession that he actually died at home later once they got back to Sacramento. Okay. So, okay. Okay, so by October of 2001, Alisa started telling people, you know, that Larry mm-hmm. had moved away and that he filed for divorce. Mm-hmm. But as to where he was, it just kept bearing, like the story kept changing. So she gave varying accounts of where he went. So to some people, she said he was on vacation in Puerto Rico. And then it's just so drastic. I'm like, a lot of this stuff had to deal with him flying within a month of September 11th. Nobody in their right mind was doing that.
1: That. Right nobody was getting on no flights
0: So She said that he went on vacation To Puerto Rico another one she said like And then she was really playing on like With like she was using His words against him in, in, a, in a sense like she said that he was in Rehab in Florida so I'm like the man Has probably told you about his alcoholism and his Alcohol addiction you're gonna say he In rehab and you mm-hmm. killed him mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Then she also told another friend that he joined A religious cult you knew that he was in a cult Before why would you say that
1: yeah right (laughs)
0: Right. come on bruh
1: she was going back to it she was going back literally just using anything he
0: was telling her and so i mean i guess in a way it was smart because it was like well i mean he has done it before so why wouldn't he do it again type of thing but that's probably exactly what she was thinking yep um so again um some of this this is actually y'all if y'all want to watch it but it's a very early on episode so i wasn't even able to pull it up but this was an episode on snapped oh wow So, uh, but it was snap season two, but if you want Mm -hmm. something that's a little bit more up to date, Dateline Secrets Uncovered on Oxygen actually covered this case. I believe the date was December 28th, 2022. So um, that was pretty recently, about five months ago, they covered it on Dateline Secrets Uncovered and Haley, her daughter is actually in the Dateline special. So you get to see her now that she's an adult and she kind of tells you about how her life was lived with her mom being on the run. Most of the time and, you know, committing all these crimes and things of that nature. Um, so his daughter, again, Tavia, she told she must be the first <laughs> person of the family. she so mm-hmm. told Snap, um, what was strange to us was the length of time that she was saying dad was gone, that he was in places that he would have never been. She said that dad didn't come home. He didn't want to celebrate his birthday and things just snowballed from there. And so, of course, I'm like, they probably knew their dad. He probably loved celebrating his birthday and just loved celebratory stuff. Because it seemed like he was a pretty fun guy. I'm like, he wanted to go shopping and wine tasting all the time. He was probably litty titty. So um, when he wasn't, you know, wanting to celebrate these events in his life and things of that nature, that's when they were like, "Mm -hmm, private investigator us. Um, But again, it was a dead end. So then Elisa starts selling off all of Larry's assets and giving away his personal belongings that winter. So this is when the police really started to, like, raise an eyebrow. eyebrow. Yeah. And now they're asking questions about um, his disappearance. But by the time they want to take Elisa in for questioning, she has flown or, you know, fleed, excuse me, from Sacramento. So she is no longer in Sacramento. So she was last seen in Sacramento on January 11th, 2002, driving out of town in a brand new red Jaguar. <laughs> This and, woman was
1: literally getting away with murder.
0: Yes, and then to make matters worse, why did she buy Sarah a matching red BMW as a going away present? And okay, and Sarah didn't go with her. No, Sarah stayed. Why I would mean, Sarah stay? I guess because she was in school, and she's thinking that lady's the killer, not me. Even well, I mean, she helped too. her.
1: She was. She could still be. She could still get
0: caught. In- I think she thought that, that they were going to get away with it. To be honest. Okay. So, three weeks later, after the disappearance, on February 5th, 2002, workers at a San Joaquin vineyard actually saw a leg sticking out of the ground at the vineyard, and they called the police. So, of course, the dead body was ID'd as Larry's, right? But they said Mm -hmm. the body was really, really badly decomposed. So, during the autopsy, they actually were able to reveal um, that Larry had been dead for months at that point. So, he died... Again, probably on September 11, 2001, when she was giving him all the horse tranquilizer. And Mm. his cause of death was an overdose on horse tranquilizers, as we thought. Which is nuts. Nuts, bro. So, of course, now um, police are really looking into who Elisa is. So they're researching her name, researching her maiden name, and nothing is coming up. This person Mm -hmm. does not exist at all. They can't find anybody by the name of Elisa McNabney, Elisa whomever she gave them another alias. So as they're searching and they don't find anything, they don't find a driver's license, a social security number, nothing. So they then go to get a warrant to search Larry's law offices. They get there. The law offices are wiped out completely clean. There's nothing there. So she also sold his horse trailer and his truck, which were valued at $110,000. Oh. <laughs> so she she really got away and just started stealing and murdering and doing whatever else. So the last thing that police were able to actually get, and this is why she got caught up, I believe. Um, she had They had a horse trailer that was still on the property where they lived. And some of Elisa's belongings were in there but they found an old legal file and it contained the name Lauren Renee Sims Jordan. And so they ran that name through the FBI's um, database. And girl, why the rap sheet that they found? It was 113 pages long. <sighs> 113 pages I'm long. I'm looking so. at pictures of Elisa. She didn't She didn't look the part. But it, it's so interesting to me. And, you know, I mean white folks tap in but how like white people will literally be like yeah she was a knockout she was gorgeous and i'm like that lady was not that she was not all that in a bag of chips and i feel like they just are really generous with calling people like pretty and beautiful and nice and i don't get it because in more than one occasion of me like looking up this case looking at videos or whatever several people in interviews were like yeah she was a total knockout and I'm like, what? No, she was not. She was regular looking to me. If anything, Fair. he was of—he was like very 80s hot to me. Like he had like a porn stash. Yeah,
1: he has. Yeah, the porn stash. That's what I <laughs> Yeah, the porn stash was
0: definitely hitting for him. Yeah, I was like, okay, I like that. So um, the FBI was able to actually find out that over the course of Elisa's life, or Lauren's life, should I say, she had 38 different aliases so she 38 38 bruh 38 different aliases so um now we know that her name is actually lauren and the San joaquin sheriff's office issued a murder warrant for her arrest but the reward was only ten thousand dollars i'm like the stakes were not high y'all knew she did all of this crime she done stole she done murdered this man and ten thousand dollars that's it so now she's actually going by the name Shane Ivoroni. she was, was literally she was literally making stuff up, and I'm gonna add one other thing, so you know, she did a quick little stint in prison, and while she was in prison, one of her hold on one second. I don't know what's going on with me. I have really bad gas right now <laughs> um. And so her name that she actually met, I'm going to have to look it up and tell you what the name was when she first met um, Larry. But the name that she was using, the last name, was of like a a person that she was in jail with in Florida. And she just used that name as her name. (laughs) Like, girl, go on. So this lady is really living the life. Now she is in Destin, Florida. And if you are familiar with Destin, Florida, you know people. So like when I lived in Georgia, people used to go to Destin for vacation. So it's like in like the panhandle of Florida, like it's like in the like Gulf of Mexico y kind of part. But okay. it's really nice, clear blue water, serene. It's a travel, like it's a traveler's place, but mm-hmm. it's not like Miami where people are getting lit. Mm-hmm. Like people's, you know, uncles and grandma auntie is going there to 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 chill. So she's in Destin now. She left Sacramento and went to Destin, Florida. Um, and she brought Haley with her. And so she landed two jobs while she was already there, girl, and already started scamming um, some men. And so she already started a whole new <laughs> She started a whole new life. A whole new life by February of 2002. February is when they found that man's body. So on March 18th, about five and a half weeks after they found Larry's body, the police finally caught up with her. And so they extradited her back to California and mm-hmm. she was in custody for two weeks. While mm-hmm. she was in custody, she wrote a three-page letter confessing her murder. Um, and also, she snitched on Sarah and said that Sarah helped.
1: <laughs> but Sarah thought that was her homegirl. <laughs> <laughs> she thought that
0: was her. Ain't that your friend? Ain't that <laughs> your friend? No. No, it's not. No. And and in reality, when you find out what she does after this, you're like, she really could have just left Sarah out of it. But, I mean, Sarah needs to go down, too, because she killed that man. So, um, she then writes a letter to her daughter At the time of her arrest, Um, and this is from the St. Petersburg Times, which is in Florida. Um, Mm -hmm. It said that Lauren herself said that she killed Larry in the letter because this was a direct quote. I could not figure a way out. The drugs, the alcohol, the prostitutes, and the trust accounts, things, um, things I all told you about. He just couldn't bring himself out of the darkness. Now, where do we get prostitutes from? And also, that was his darkness, not yours. So what couldn't you get away from? That man
1: was not holding you hostage at one point he was giving you didn't even have a job i'm sure he would have been happy to get rid
0: of your ass yes and so another thing that her daughter Haley was saying um and that she's been you know quoted saying was that like yeah larry was abusive to my mom one time we ran away and he threatened to kill us if we didn't come back um and things of that nature now i know that he has a restraining order you know two restraining orders from his previous wives but mm-hmm. nobody else could cooperate that. So I don't know if that's something that she told Haley. And then, you know, a lot of times as children, like when your parents tell you something, you you repeat that or regurgitate that as if you heard it yourself. But it's like, no, that's what your parent told you.
1: Yeah. And also, why would he say he'd kill y'all if y'all don't come back? If y'all was already gone, I would stay gone. <laughs> if we're being honest, like, oh, yeah, let's get, You tell me you kill me and I'm going to come back to
0: you? What? Like, no. So, that's what she said in a letter to her daughter. So um, that same worker, Ginger, that I was talking about earlier um, from the law firm, she said that literally she had a conversation with um, Lauren, a.k.a. Lisa, um, just about her marriage and, you know, the man, all that stuff before he died or before she murdered him. And her direct quote was, she said she was tired of being married to an old man and she had to make love with him. It made her skin crawl. <laughs> and so they used that that quote in court but I'm just oh. like first of all you saw the pictures of Larry he wasn't looking out that old like no
1: he, he wasn't was- looking old at all to me I would have and I honestly she looked older than her age I would have never guessed they were that far apart in age mm-hmm.
0: at all but I'm like he didn't He. it's not like he was big and fat or nothing like he looked like he was in shape I, I don't get it and I'm like girl the way I've been loving me an older man lately like girl what are you talking about <laughs>
1: Please. (laughs) Okay.
0: All right. (laughs) So in her confession to the police, Lauren said that she and Sarah had put high power horse tranquilizers in Larry's drink on the morning of um, the Los Angeles horse show, which was September 11th. After bringing him back to the hotel, he collapsed. And then they injected him with more horse tranquilizer. So she said they planned on burying him in the desert on the way back to Sacramento, but he was still alive. And so they basically kept him alive until they got to the, um, to the, to the house. So eventually he died at home. And then they took him from there to a vineyard. Not yet. They then put his dead body in the refrigerator in the garage and sealed it shut with duct tape. This is where they would leave him from September until the end of December December. 2001 that is when lauren then got his body and buried it at the bin at the vineyard so she said that she buried his body at the vineyard because he had a love for wine so it was like basically she was burying him where she knew he would want to rest his head why did you Man, I, him?
1: he didn't want to die <laughs> he wanted a lot of things and i guarantee it was not this
0: you thought she was doing him a favor by burying him at the vineyard this is getting too much for me because you're telling
1: me that grown-ass <laughs> child Haley didn't go outside and see that duct tape fridge. Where was that other kid? They didn't see no duct tape fridge. Nobody saw the duct tape fridge, so did nobody visit this house or anything? I don't think in so. In the four months that he was missing? I don't think so. This is where I be thinking life is not real. Like Because okay. she should have been gone caught. She should have never been able
0: to make it to Florida. And that's why she wasn't letting them kids in that house. Because them kids would have saw that duct tape um probably saw that a tape freezer because I would have been in there sniffing something out. But I'm just like, that's crazy. That means you literally had to take his frozen body. Like and then that's dead weight. I know you didn't carry that body by yourself. So Sarah probably helped her put the, mm-hmm. that dead body in the car. But 100%. I'm just like he had he thaw out in your car? Like that's I don't know. It's just I don't know. That that is that is so bizarre to me. And
1: how did so, you even get on this vineyard to
0: Dig a hole and...
1: In... Well, no, she didn't even dig a hole, right? Someone
0: saw his leg sticking out? Well, she did dig a hole, but they said it was a shallow grave. shallow. So, yeah. she probably did a little one-two with the shovel, do that, <laughs> that dirt over her shoulder, and put his body right in there. Oh. Because within four or five weeks of her burying him, he was discovered. He was found. So, um... It says, according to the St. Petersburg time, Times, after, um her confession. Mm-hmm. Lauren actually, you know, was able to visit, um, and I'm assuming this is at the jail with her family. So the per- this is this is the the person that it included. So it included her parents, her daughter Haley, but also her son, who was sixteen years old, his name is Cole. And she hadn't seen him in over nine years before that.
1: So Cole must have been with either the with dad his daddy or her,
0: or her grandparents. grandparents or something.
1: But Cole and Haley so Cole and Haley were a year apart?
0: I'm assuming so, yeah. They're about a year or two. Because Haley was about seventeen was around 17. this time.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: So she had two years back to back. Um, when she was, you know, growing up. So on March thirty first, two thousand two, um, she's in her cell and she actually rips um strips of cloth from her pillowcase. She braided them into a rope and she fastened it to the ceiling of her jail cell and she hung herself. Mm -hmm. So she, well, died by suicide, should I say,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, is the correct journalistic term. And then, um, huh? Yeah, nowadays. Mm Mm-hmm, it's it's still... um, We'll get used to it. Yeah, it's still something I'm getting used to. Um, So she she was a calm woman through and through because the lady left a, a note, bruh, but why in her note did she tell her lawyer that he needs to sue the Hernando County jail because they didn't prevent her suicide and all the money that she gets, that he gets from the settlement, give it to her kids. <laughs> Damn. You want, <laughs> you decided to kill yourself. And then you're going to leave him a note saying, yeah, but by the way, sue the County, because guess what? They weren't protecting me because I was able to kill myself. It, it, it's beyond me. Um, so not right. her sending requests from the grave like what girl so um one of her quotes in her in her um suicide note said my actions now will allow them to move into the future without this heavy burden by them she's talking about her children so then mm-hmm. she also says they won't have to watch my trial on court tv And i'm like what you did you is shouldn't shit. have went to trial you yeah, shouldn't, you shouldn't went to trial.
1: you should have confessed and took the time
0: yep so as for Sarah, she went on trial for her part in the murder of Larry in early mm-hmm. two thousand three. Um, so she claimed that um, Elisa, A.K.A. What's the L- name? Lauren. 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 It's so much to give up <laughs> with. Um, actually, was like manipulating her, and she was just there as a friend, and that she was just like involuntarily an accessory to the crime. Like I was there, I was stuck. And she was killing her husband. What else was I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. So um that didn't hold up. It didn't. And you want to know why it didn't hold up? Because Lauren's daughter Haley snitched. Mm-hmm. She dropped the dime. So she actually <laughs> said in court that Sarah never acted as if she was afraid of my mom. Never. Yeah, <laughs> y'all were besties. Y'all were homegirls. She so, said you were keying with her. You yeah. liar. <laughs> So, um, initially Sarah was actually charged with capital murder, but the jury Mm -hmm. ultimately convicted her of voluntary manslaughter, um, and being an accessory to murder. So the maximum sentence that she served was 11 years and she was actually released from jail, um, in August of 2011. But when she got released, she was only 31. So she still had, excuse me, a lot of life to live.
1: Mm -hmm. I can't Um, imagine living a life after that.
0: Me either. That's, that's, that's a whirlwind of events. So, yeah. um, That is a story of Larry and Elisa. And so, you know, essentially, she killed him for nothing.
1: Literally nothing. Like, y'all got in this. And I'm and granted, I, I understand the buildup is probably a lot more than what we know. Like, it's yeah. giving, she she was just very, it, it's giving greed. It's giving too much access. Like, she probably was feeling like she was on top of the world, spending, um, Oh. <laughs> 444 spending all this money having access to all this money and all this stuff and she kept getting away with stuff Um, she kept you know escaping the law essentially and at that point she was probably thinking Fuck it, if we get him out the way then we'll really live a life but it's yeah. like he it, he wasn't like someone who didn't have people looking and checking for him like he had children he was running an entire business like it was going to catch up eventually mm-hmm. it's sort would of have been different if this was some lone rich guy who didn't you know keeping contact with his family much but that wasn't the case um especially since he was already estranged with his daughters so it seemed like a bad plan from the job and it was so uh, they were so unprepared to do it if you really look at it mm-hmm. um it would have been hard for them to get it would have been hard for them to to um to prove um premeditation because it literally was <laughs> they were there they had access to the tranquilizer and they were like fuck it let's go get in and do it also mm-hmm. i don't know how to prove as far as premeditation but it's like at least it wasn't planning to kill that man when they got there
0: yeah like, she just went with something she got pissed and off she and was n- like let's do it
1: yes and had she not um had she not he not have gotten upset sarah arrived everything would have been gravy mm-hmm. he, he wouldn't have been dead do you think
0: that her and sarah's relationship was more than they were like 100 yeah so do i because
1: i'm like it was giving romantic connection
0: yeah because I, I don't care that, mu- that much about my friends to be one effing up my money two to be effing up my relationship my marriage and not no random 21 year old friend that i just met and i'm 30 something girl get a life
1: yeah no it just wasn't it wasn't it was just Their connection was very weird, like the wanting to match and like they're, yeah, they're a decade apart, like they're wanting to match, like her, like Sarah was closer to Haley's age than she was to Elisa's, like, Mm -hmm. and it's like, I don't know, maybe for Sarah, of course, you probably thought this is the coolest shit I've, I've ever been a part of, like she's getting, she's, she's buying all of this, you know, Elisa's buying all of this stuff for her that she's probably never had access to. She's a college student. Probably think, oh, I'm hanging out with the older crowd. Mm-hmm. I'm living the life. I'm living the dream. I'm traveling with them. Duh, 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 duh. And it's like, maybe Elisa really did just want a friend. If you think about it, who were her friends? She didn't have no friends. Yeah, she didn't
0: have any. She was naming herself after people in jail.
1: <laughs> exactly. So it's like, I feel like she latched on and there could have been some romantic connection there. I In the beginning, I was thinking like, mm, Sarah's gonna become a third party in their relationship, but it was given, Larry didn't want no parts of Sarah.
0: Yeah, he wanted he wanted his stealing ass wife and she wanted the blonde lady who came to work for them.
1: Exactly, but That's also me. a part of me believes that maybe they weren't romantically connected and maybe, maybe Elisa just wanted a partner, like mm-hmm. a platonic partner or someone to confide in because in the end, she left Sarah. And I'm like, if it really boiled down to her doing all she did to be with Sarah, she wasn't with
0: her. Yeah. Like she gave her a car and was out. like, "See ya. I'm,
1: I'm literally going to go make a new identity to do the same shit somewhere else, sweetie.
0: <laughs> and so it also reminded me, did you, I feel like we watched it together, maybe, I don't know, Dirty John?
1: No, you don't watch it with me. You, you talk to me about it a lot.
0: Okay. But you never watched it? No. So Elisa to me is like, I guess she's a dirty Johnette. Um, dirty johnisha because dirty john essentially is somebody who like was marrying multiple people in relationships with multiple people and he would steal from them he would leave them like completely devastated but dirty john wasn't a murderer he was Mm -hmm. just a serial thief he would steal all these money from like these rich women and then he would marry them make them fall in love and then he would leave and so he will always have like the the wrong name well not the wrong name but like a fake name some type of mm-hmm. alias and he would just go all around the country marrying these women and he would like pretend like um okay so you saw my girl anna delvey yeah um and so he would act like anna delvey like he'd be like yeah you know i own this i own that i have this amount of money i have this art gallery like he would just really like talk himself up and he knew how to talk the talk and walk the walk he looked mm-hmm. the part But in reality, he was poor and he didn't have any money. And so he would like put into these things and he would say, yeah, I have this investment and it's worth this amount of money. Like you should match me, blah, blah, blah. And I'm talking about these women were, it was Tinder swindler. Like these women were dishing out hundreds of thousands of dollars to Dirty John. And um, he was taking their money and running. Mm -hmm. Like he would really make them seem like he was infatuated with them. And like their friends would be like, something's not right with him. You know, I I don't think he's all the way there. And the ladies were just so, like, (laughs) head over heels, swooning over the man. I think it's, like, sometimes
1: people just want to be loved so bad. And I feel like in this case, Larry had access to so much that he didn't, a part of him probably really did not care that Mm -hmm. she was spending it. I mean, mean, you see, we didn't, and it's like... (laughs) we see he didn't care too much about money because she stole the 70k and that wasn't a deal breaker for him
0: mm-hmm.
1: and in his mind he's probably thinking it's money we'll turn it back over we'll get it back because he was getting it like that
0: mm-hmm. he literally,
1: literally he probably literally never even stressed about a fucking penny because he had so many pennies so i feel like in this instance he was probably just tired of of her spending their resources on sarah like it was just giving he was just tired of her being around yeah and that made at snap because sarah was her confidant sarah was her sarah was, was her behind. partner it seemed like sarah was her partner for real and she was just using larry it was never given they were in love but she loved the access to all mm-hmm. the stuff and all of all of the opportunities larry was putting in front of her so i don't know but in the end it's just very weird to me that she ended up leaving sarah it's like had he not snapped and had you not been like i'm sick of his shit. Like, because she showed up, you wouldn't have been killing your husband. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: how in the end, after all that, you decide, yeah, I'm I'm done with you too, bitch. But here's a new BMW.
0: Yeah. And so it also makes me think that, you know, they had... In a way, I feel like it might have been premeditated, though. Like, I feel like, yeah, that was a straw that broke the camel's back, but they might have went there already thinking, like, oh, yeah, we're going to kill him with horse tranquilizer. You know, because who just thinks that in the moment? Like, you know what? He's really pissing me off today. Let's get him with horse tranquilizer. Like, what? (laughs) She hasn't been thinking, like, she wanted to do something to him. And it was probably the perfect setup. Like, they were going to be like, oh, yeah, we came back to the room, and he was passed out. He died. And then they figured out he wasn't dead, so they couldn't leave him there you know. um. They
1: should have, they could have still did that though, whether Sarah was there or not. It was like, it seems sporadic and unplanned to me because they end up taking him back. And -hmm. it's probably, I mean, the the main reason they took him back is probably because he he didn't die. But it's like, what was stopping y'all from just pouring the whole entire thing of tranquilizer down his throat? Like, it just seems sporadic to me and they wanted to at least make sure, oh, he made it back home just to prove to people that he didn't die there because they were there. Mm -hmm. And then after that, they were going to make something else. It just seemed off to me. And then all of the different stories she was telling about where he went it just did not seem planned it's like come on now yeah I mean I've I'm never not, been a, I've like never been a killer body. but I would have thought of all of these things like before <laughs> like and her duct tape in the fridge is another sign to me that you had no idea you were going to be using this for this yeah and that's silly because had anybody seen a peek into that garage they would have been like yep the body's right there you yeah. duct tape, <laughs> like, a duct tape <laughs> freezer like what and then she was quickly selling stuff off. Like, it just was. Too
0: yeah. Much. And I'm like, that was the most obvious thing. Like, girl, you didn't even wait. I'm talking about within a month. You're selling his stuff. And the most obvious
1: thing to me was that the boy was missing for three months. It's like, how was she even sitting there living, being able to live in that house still? Like, mm-hmm.
0: and then she's still doing type his of business. investigation.
1: Right. What type of investigation was really
0: going on? I don't know. I don't I think don't there know. was any because he wasn't the, the first person to deem him missing was, was one of his kids. Like his kids put in a missing persons report. She didn't. She didn't say he was ever missing because to her he wasn't. He went to Puerto Rico, or he right, was, you know, wherever. He he, yeah, he wanted a divorce. Is the story that she was going with, but in reality, he was in her freaking freezer for months. So yes, that is the story of Lauren and Larry McNabney. Um, sorry that that happened to you, Larry. She's crazy. Sarah's hair looked crazy as hell
1: at this trial.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let me see what my girl Sarah look like at the trial. I'm about to send
1: you a link to, to, to the one I'm looking at, the crimped hair. Go down a little Not bit the, past no. that initial photo and you'll see the middle photo where she had this crimped hair. It was like, you really took your time braiding right that into the jail, huh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, Sarah look a little off too though oh man that thing is cramped
1: you see them cramps yeah, and it's thick as hell mm-hmm. yeah she
0: looks <laughs> I like, know oh, that's right Miss Sarah yeah she looks wild crazy but you have any last words no that nope. was some shit okay well thank you for tuning in for another episode of the point of no return I'm Amanda Washington and I'm Michelle Graham. Until next time, players, we'll see y'all. And off. Bye.